everybody, welcome to the UJ Sports Live Show. My name is Rodney Nabulsi. I'm joined by former Georgia Bulldogs head coach Jim Donnan and technical advisor extraordinaire Dane Young. Uh, we appreciate you joining us on this 8:15 version of the UJ Sports Live Show. We wanted to wait and see uh, what the playoff rankings were going to look like. Plus, we had some other stuff going on earlier in the day. So uh, we're glad all, for all of you that can join us tonight. It means a lot to us. And uh, we we know you could spend your time on a Tuesday evening and uh, other ways, but we're glad you are here. So the rankings are out. Georgia's number two. Um, Ohio State's number one. Michigan, three. Florida State, four. Uh, very interesting. Coach, kind of let me get your take on this. I mean, it's a... I'm glad to see Tulane at 23. It kind of makes me happy. But give me your thoughts on the rankings right now. Yeah, just listening to the uh, people that, uh, particularly Boo Corgan, the uh, guy that runs the thing as a chairman, you know, he said that uh, Ohio State's strength of schedule, which is true. I mean, their strength of schedule is 20th, ours is 90th. And, uh, you know, they do have the win over Notre Dame at Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame's fallen a little bit and they beat Penn State. So, but it's still early. There's a lot to be played. You know, we've got some ranked teams coming up. If, if Tennessee ends up beating Missouri, if not, they probably won't be ranked very high. But uh, certainly Ole Miss presents a real challenge. But, uh, you know, you just got to keep winning. And uh, the, the problem this year is I think uh, all of the top five big conferences are going to have a team that might be close to being undefeated Uh you know, if Washington keeps going, uh, Florida State keeps going, uh, one team from the Big Ten, and, you know, uh, Pac-12 uh, we mentioned, but and the Big 12's got uh, uh, Texas who had strength, big win over uh, Alabama. Alabama looms, you know, like a team we're going to have to beat to get in the playoffs more than likely because I don't know if two teams can get in because of that what i just said but uh it's going to be interesting but what we got to do is just play out our schedule uh georgia took a big step towards making it to the playoffs and facing alabama this past saturday when they beat uh, the missouri tigers a uh, close game georgia wins by nine kind of uh nip and tuck there for a while if, for all the folks that joined us on the georgia watch along show you can tell that uh uh, coach had some good analysis. He was dead on and calling a lot of the plays before they happened. I know he doesn't think that's crazy, but I always do. It always impresses the hell out of me when he does that, uh, you know, based on formation and down and distance and stuff like that. He knows what he would call and lots of times that's the right call. But we also get a lot of good analysis from coach and uh, kind of explain what was going on. Uh, coach, can you give me your thoughts on this Missouri game? Because to me, the biggest part of the game or the biggest play of the game and I know there's the Nazir Stackhouse interception but it was a freshman kicker hitting a 48 yarder to make it a nine point game and it just seemed yeah. to me like that 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 to me was it I mean it was tough there was a lot of things going back and forth and the two interceptions that Georgia had against uh, Brady Cook but that field goal to me was the play of the game it was just yeah, he nuts. continues to be uh, very good in the clutch and our play calling is around that we third down calls where we set up the field goals, which I thought was pretty good by Bobo. I mean, you know, don't take a chance on turning over. You got an automatic three probably based on the way this guy's kicking, although that last one wasn't. But as far as just the overview on the game, the first half was back and forth. Uh, we weren't prepared to stop Brady Cook's scrambling ability, which kept alive so many times. 
I just watched the playback again. And then, uh, you know, we didn't convert on some plays that were there for, and uh, we got beat a couple of times on pass rush. But going into the half, uh, George always feels good, and I do too, because we're the best conditioned team that I've been around. If you look at our stats, it's like 100 and something to 13 in the third quarter on the season. And then the fourth quarter, we just put them to sleep. So uh, there's a lot to be said about our conditioning, our halftime adjustments. We came out and scored 14 points in the second quarter. We didn't punt in the second half. Uh, and we uh, capitalized on a lot of different situations. I thought our game plan defensively, uh, except for stopping Cook, was brilliant you know, doing a good job on Burden, putting Kamari on him so much. And uh, for the most part, they have much in their passing game, completed 14 out of 31, I think. But the thing that really bothers you, and uh, you, you got to worry about something, but their ability to run the ball was pretty evident. Uh, we gave up a lot playing and uh, Schrader hurt us, but uh, we're going to see a team probably a little bit better offensively, maybe not as good offensive line this week, but a quarterback is a lot more dangerous running the ball in Jackson Dart and uh, two really good backs and some good receivers. But bottom line, uh, Georgia, when they play even their B game and don't turn the ball over and have these uh, hard to beat. So uh, I like where we are. I think we got a really good shot of uh, playing a night game here with all that air. And, uh, you know, we got a chance to get Mims back. Powers at least run through the crowd there, uh, and, and everybody fired up in his uniform uh, for senior day, which I'm sure he'll go through. Uh, overall, uh, just a good win. I'm really impressed with Georgia's depth right now with some of the young talent that you're seeing get more playing time, emerge, be confident. And it's not just younger guys in the sense of like a Jalen Walker, who I think really is becoming a superstar for Georgia at the edge rusher, but then also inside linebacker is just so versatile of what he can do. But these younger guys, when you can bring in a Raylan Wilson at this point in the season, a Damon Wilson, like that's just things that other teams really can't do very much. Like you don't find yourself in November having the, this kind of talent on the roster that hasn't played much. That's what separates Georgia. Georgia, and that's a bit of what Coach is talking about, too, of Georgia being conditioned to play full games. Well, Georgia also has a roster where not all the guys have to play all the plays, and you're seeing some of that young talent emerge right now. That's, that's what really helps make a championship contender at this point of the season. Yeah, I think part of this is uh, just what we talked about in earlier shows about developing depth uh, when we didn't have a real good scout team and working against each other more. And, and then the other thing is the transfer portal. If you don't let these guys play at least a little bit, they're going to think, well, the same guy's coming back next year and I didn't get to play much. So uh, uh, even though that lingers a little bit, but I think it's out there just because these guys are good enough to get in there. And as good as Jalen Walker's playing, you watch the way the other guy rushes the passer, the, the Wilson kid on the other side, he'll make plays. And one of the biggest plays in the game from a, a true freshman that I thought that uh, – really set up this interception was the fact that uh, C.J. Allen, number three, Clemens Johnson, who had uh, surgery, I think, in the last day or so and will be out, you know, hopefully get back to the playoffs. But um, I think he had surgery. I mean, I've heard of it. I'm not sure if he did or not. But but he's definitely out for a little bit. Point. 
he comes in there. He's been playing. Uh, he's been spotting in there, and he, he, it wasn't like he just had to get in there and, and start playing. You know, I mean, he'd been practicing. He knew the calls. A lot on your plate as a linebacker for Georgia. You've got to understand what your role is. If you're playing a, a, a match coverage, you got to play that. If you're playing a read and react defense where you've got to go, you got to do it. But if you're if you've got the quarterback on a spot technique, you're 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 uh, supposed to play that guy. And that's what we started doing in the second half. And Allen had him, and he saw the opening. And it looked like the guy wasn't going to run, so he rushed the passer, which, you know, innately was a tremendous play, but chance of being a bad play if all of a sudden Cook broke out and made a big play out of it. But he was smart enough to do it in, in, you know, and made it ball to a, a receiver that really wasn't looking for the ball. And we got one of the worst calls in the history of football when they called Munden for blocking, the, you know, illegal crackback when all he was doing was taking a tight end out when the guy was catching a pass. So uh, that was a 65-yard penalty. But kudos to C.J. Allen. I'm talking a little bit too much here. for just being smart enough to see and recognize what Glenn Schumann had told him, be a football player, react in the moment. And that was as huge a play as the whole game. That turnover to Stackhouse just kind of gave the whole crowd a lot of juice. I mean, it's not every day you get to see a guy rumbling down the sideline like that. And uh, it just uh, turned the whole game around. And then at the end, Bull intercepted the other one. But um, I continue to be to marvel at our lack of penalties, at our lack of turnovers, and uh, just the discipline we play with. Our kicking game is, when, is it within a cat's ass of breaking a long one on the kick. We got some really big ones Saturday. And uh, we punt the ball well. And we make field goals. So all those things are going to add up in these big games coming down the stretch. I think you nailed it, Dane, talking about the the depth and how that matters. I mean, this has been maybe the worst season I can ever remember. It's definitely the worst in Kirby Smart's tenure with injuries. So you go into that game, and uh, at one point, Kamari Lasser gets banged up. And you have, you know, they run a new technique. Uh, I say new, but we saw three cornerbacks out there, and I want Coach to talk about that in a second. But the fact that uh, Dumas Johnson, you know, basically breaks his forearm, C.J. Allen comes in and spells him. You see Damon Wilson coming off the edge doing what he did. We were looking back at Missouri, and they've got two running backs. They've only used two running backs all year. Third guy doesn't have any snaps. The offensive line for them, same guys. The, the next person up may have like, you know, 50 snaps over seven, eight games. Then the sixth uh, uh, offensive lineman. So – if any of those guys go down, they're not going to bring in anybody experienced. Georgia's had tons of people go down. You know, I mean, sometimes people miss games. You went four games out, Ladd McConkey. You've missed uh, Javon Bullard out there. You've missed uh, Smile Monday. You've missed, you name it. Uh, Terry and Ingram Dawkins most of the season was out. Uh, but when you lose those guys, and I don't want to call it plug and play because that's just not fair, but you have, you're being able to put in guys who are talented and who make plays, like Coach said. I think that's been the difference and pretty much, uh, I, don't, I don't even say mistake-free, but very few mistakes, especially for the new guys. So um, that bodes well. Although, you know, Coach, I can always be negative. I can always be a, a worry wart. I do worry about this upcoming game. Uh, that you should. You should worry about it. You should. I'm not by this game. I'm you worried respect about it. these guys. They're good. But as good as C.J. Allen is, uh, he's got a guy breathing down his neck in uh, Rayon Wilson. 
who's yeah. probably as good and, and a little bit bigger. I guarantee you, you watched the way this guy played. He had a bad injury there in the middle of the uh, – early in the season with his, with his leg. But if he starts coming on like I know he can, and you had Munden in there, uh, and sorry who had a bit of an issue, but coming back this week, I mean, our linebacker depth is going to be good enough to make up for what we might lose in pop, but uh, lose the leadership. But uh, is, uh, just watch. I'm going to tell you about nine eight eight twenty seven on uh, Monday night, November 7th. You watch number five. This guy is a player. And uh, he is gonna—he's gonna make his on this season, and it'll start probably Saturday against Ole Miss. Wow! Uh, talk to me a little bit about the them going with like three cornerbacks out there. I mean, I, honestly, I didn't notice it for most of the game because I wasn't really watching that close. I'm over there drinking beer beside you on the couch, not paying attention like I should. But because every time I looked up, I saw Tyke Smith making a play. I mean, he. I think he might have been led the team where he's very had some of the most tackles of anybody on the field. So it's like, well, he didn't seem out because he's always making a play, but yeah, they kind of uh, went three corners. Yeah, he, to kind of he played, he played about 20 some snaps and he made that great sack, a well-timed call there by Glenn Schumann where, you know, we forced the field goal. But I think uh, the thinking process is we talked about last year with Bullard playing star. Bullard's not a great cut. A real good tackler, and uh, you know we have to had to work around. And the same thing's true with uh, Taiki, even though he's had some interceptions on zone and all. He's not a guy that's going to guard Luther Burden in the slot. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that can do that. I mean, right. he's among the better players in the country. So whatever you might give up support or anything like that, uh, you know, we cross chain train people. And it's not just like you're going to play a lot of man covers. You just put him in there and say, hey, just play man on him. You've got to know how to play the different man techniques, if it's match, if it's you know inside out or outside in. But also what's behind you, like come out in a stacked look, like one time they did. And, uh, you know, we had uh, Singletary on the guy with a stack, and Singletary broke on the inside route and knocked it down to keep him from a first down. Well, he's playing corner, but but if you're the the star or somebody playing that other guy, you got to know how to do it. But it was something that uh, Kirby and Schumann and Muschamp and felt good about, and it felt like anything we might give up uh, with the multiple defenses, we might be better off. And when you look at it, Luther Burden was snafu'd. I mean, he caught the one pass, which I thought he might have uh, been in a situation where he pushed off on Everett, but. Uh, and that was that was when uh, when when uh, excuse me come on known him but uh, overall uh, just a brilliant tactical move by us and uh, the guy only caught I think three passes on the day and to his favor he did hurt his ankle early and right now I read where he might be out this week against uh, Tennessee but uh, it might be just throwing a little bait out there but the reality is uh, you know we're going to get good coaching we're going to get adjustments. And uh, we're going to, you know, it's just hard to people, people make plays on you. Uh, we had a couple plays that didn't look good when they threw the ball in the hole on cover two where our safety wasn't in job with the, the corner. But I just uh, – I like where our defense is. I think we're starting to come on. I like the fact that Mims is probably going to be able to play this week based on everything Kirby's talking about. 
and, uh, you know, maybe move Trust back, but also Trust can play either tackle. But uh, overwhelming is the fact that both those guys that guard, both uh, Fairchild and Mari, played extremely well. Fairchild's not even given up any pressure on the year. And um, it's kind of a road grader. You look at some of the blocks when he gets in there. So our line all of a sudden's got some depth. We get Bowers back. Uh, we got McConkie healthy. I mean, down the stretch, we've got a chance to be secretariat. Coach, I wanted to mention one thing to you, just because I know this will be kind of close to your heart here. Um, I was raving about about Jalen Walker. Well, yesterday, my kindergartner comes home from school, and she says, Daddy, there's a Georgia football player, number 11, Jay Walker. And so, sure enough, Jalen Walker, one of four players that went and read uh, some books at, at my kids' elementary school. So it was Jalen Walker, Jackson Muschamp, William Moat, and Drew Bobo went out there and read books to uh, to kids yesterday out here in Oconee County. So she was excited for it, and I know this is a big deal for those players too. You know, I think as much as the kids get out of the players, I mean, it's a chance for them to see the smiles on those kids' play faces and things like that. And uh, Roddy had an uh, early look at Jalen Walker in high school when he was up there talking to him, but – uh, and, you know, he's one of them, not just because he's from North Carolina, but he comes from a educational fan, family. His dad's a, a coach. I think his mom's a teacher. Uh, he's just a quality guy, and uh, he really is a just a phenomenal athlete. You know, he could play tight end. He did play, play a great basketball player in high school, and uh, you're getting to see some of his athleticism as he comes off the edge, but he can play linebacker too, but of course, Jackson Muschamp has been a great team guy. Got a chance to graduate here this summer. Others, this spring has been on the scout team, just wanted to come to Jordan. And we know William Moat's a good snapper. And then Drew Bobo really having a good year on the scout. He's getting some some valuable time as a center. Got good feet. And uh, glad to see those guys out there. Do you know if Jackson has any interest in, in coaching like his dad? I haven't heard that. I do know that he – would probably entertain a chance to maybe go to a non-power five or one double a school and maybe play for a couple of years. Cause he'd like to play, but he wants that degree from Georgia. And let me tell you something, uh, degree from Georgia means a whole lot to these guys. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, both you guys have got degrees here, but, um, I'm about saw, to have two. I saw a guy today that uh, came up to me and I had a UGA and he said, you remember me? And I said, no, uh, but you know, I probably should have recruited you. He said, Hey, I did, you did recruit me, but I went to the Naval Academy and I uh, just uh, finished up my 20 year stint and I'm coming back to uh, Georgia to get me a master's degree. And I said, well, that's awesome. He said, coach, I just want to tell you, he said, it was hard for me to tell you no, but I, you know, I love Georgia and, you know, it always makes you feel good. To, uh, and I can't even remember the guy's name right now, but I know he's a big guy and he, uh, Again, just wanting to come back to Georgia where his roots are after being for 20 years, and that's always good to uh, see guys doing things like that. That's great. Yeah, Coach, you kind of uh, uh, mentioned in passing some of the guys that Jordan could get back this week. And um, the we asked Kirby Smart about this, uh, was this 835, I guess, a couple hours ago after practice. They asked him about Brock Bowers. He says he's doing dry land running. And he's working to get back, and he's kind of keeping it uh, 
very vague. Uh, but our folks are telling us that he actually dressed out. He put on a, a black jersey. So he actually put on shoulder pads on Tuesday. So he's, he's not going to be hit. But just the fact he put on shoulder pads, I think it's a big deal. And uh, we've seen this where, like, Amarius Mim has dressed out the last two weeks. He hasn't played. But he, you know, when Kirby says, well, he could have if we needed him, lots of times right after an injury, we always, we have a kind of a joke about Kirby saying that about anybody that gets hurt, that he could have gone back in there. But we've seen, we saw this with uh, Lawson Lucky too. He made that trip to Auburn. I don't, he dressed out and then he made the trip and then uh, he played a little special teams. Then he came back kind of full-time, if you will. Uh, it seems like there's, it's a, we're one week much closer to Brock Bowers coming back. Uh, what would it mean if, if he could come out and just take a couple snaps? Who knows what, what, what the future holds. I know they're going to be overprotective, not only for our team, but this kid's career too, because what he has available. But, but, you know, as far as dressing out, Brock Bowers probably wore his shoulder pads in the surgery. I mean, he's ready. <laughs> to I mean, he, he, he doesn't mind out there and doing whatever he needs to do and he's going to play through pain, but, I just know it give it give the whole stadium a little juice there if he could, uh, you know, just go through the line there and 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 which I'm sure he will. But if he goes through in a red jersey and all, and you know, it's just like if he would go out there, even if it's a decoy, it would it would cause a little consternation on Pete Golding, the defensive coordinators, uh, and I'm sure Kirby's probably throwing that out to make him work on him a little bit. But uh, can you say? About the way Delp's playing, though, every chance he's had so far to to supplement our team, he's made every play. Um, he have that fumble against Auburn, but I mean, when he he's got a chance to do things for Georgia like he needs to do uh, since Bowers has been out and his blocking's been good too. So uh, I just uh, I'm just happy that we withstood where we didn't fire our best shot. It didn't take an L for us to. No, that's a good point. There, you had the situation where uh, you didn't play your A game, but I'm wondering, can you? I mean, can Georgia dial up that A game this week? Because I think this will be their toughest challenge until SEC championship game, playoffs, something like that. Because that was a, uh, it wasn't your best effort. And I actually asked Kirby Smart about the offensive line. I'm like, how did they grade out? I just, you know, he always says when we ask him after the game, he's like, I need to watch the tape. So Manu, you know, we know he'd watch the tape. And he's like, uh, what is the grade? I'm happy with the results of how they played. Uh, sometimes we got our butt whooped. Sometimes we didn't. We won some. We lost some. Uh, and then he started getting on the whole expectations. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not asking about the expectations. I just want to know if you were happy with how the O-line did. Because, you know, it's uh, you, you've got a lot of moving parts there. And now you could bring get a Marius Mims back. In other words, I think you need every weapon and need to probably score a lot of points in this upcoming game against Ole Miss. I mean, am I wrong to think that? I feel like – Yeah, you got to think you're going to need – you know, you're going to need some points again. But this team is not very good on the road offensively compared to at home when you compare their stats. Uh, they, they haven't had near the stats on the road. But uh, they, they do have a very capable quarterback and they got – uh, they got several receivers and, and you know, unbelievable backs. And the thing about their backs is, is tackle uh, after contact. They make a lot of yards, so you got to wrap them up. I know our Georgia hard on that uh, all week, and uh, you got to think deep. You know Kirby going against Lane. It's got to be got to be something that he remembers from back 
I know when we used to have uh, scrimmages when I was at OU going against Gary Gibbs is personal. Same thing as in Missouri against Carl Reese. I mean, you want to beat beat up on those guys, but it's not going to get anything more than Kirby would do for any. Uh, I, I I just think our team is starting to understand what their capabilities are. You know, it's got its own identity. The the back to back to backs in the past. They've established the fact that their own team, they've won nine games and they've been pretty dominant doing it and they're getting their own identity and they see, hey, we brought in a couple good transfers are helping us. We got some good freshmen. Everybody's got a role. And uh, I just feel like uh, since the relief that that game's behind us and that we got uh, some, some really good potential coming forward here. I'm going to ask you more about the Ole Miss game and get you to break it down a little bit for us and some of the other que- – you know, and we'll get to the questions from the dog vent. But first, I want to mention our friends at Academic Brewing Company. If you're coming in this weekend and want to watch the game, and let's say you can't get in the stadium, tickets right now are through the roof. Uh, hell, I'm even looking for four tickets. It's just nuts. Uh, trying to find them, it's crazy. So let's say you come to town and you want to be part of the tailgate, you want to see – you know, be part of the pomp and circumstance, a night game at Athens and a top ten matchup but you still need a place to watch it. Well, go to Academia Brewing Company, check them out, get some fantastic beers. Um, heck, apply for a job. They need a kitchen staff and host right now. But if you want to try their uh, uh, Death Ripper IPA, their Hell's German Bach, you know, they have tons of their the Noctua, um, their Hopperdijek, all their great beers are out there. And, of course, they're always having something like a car show or bike night or trivia night. Uh, there's Never a dull moment out at Academia Brewing Company, one of the uh, top breweries in Athens. And that's uh, as anybody who is a, a familiar with the beer scene in Athens say that is high praise indeed because there's some fantastic competition in town and Academia uh, celebrating their what sixth year. So um, they're doing a great job. Check them out when you get a chance. Also, if you're on that side of town, swing by our friends at Athens Ford. You see now they're up to 700 vehicles. Remember, if you, you know, Back during COVID, we're talking about how they had 230. Now they're up to 700. So, and they can do more than that. So, when you get a chance and you're looking for a new vehicle or a pre-owned vehicle, check out Athens Ford. They have a ton of them on the lot. They can order you in stuff. Uh, and if you buy one, and you know when you drive off a lot, if it's a new one, it's going to have a lifetime powertrain warranty. Or if it's a pre-owned, up to like 80,000 miles, it too will have a lifetime powertrain warranty. You do not get that at other Ford dealers. You don't get that at other dealerships. It's only at Athens Ford. So be sure to hit them up and don't just assume that any uh, Ford dealership you go to, you're going to get that. That is a uh, nice perk from our friends at Athens Ford. Check them out. Can I play a bit of trivia with y'all before? I mean, this is Ole Miss related, but this is a comment that Lane Kiffin made in his news conference yesterday about Georgia. And Lane Kiffin likes to be a little cheeky and throw his offhand comments. I think it's fun. Some people don't. That's cool. But he was saying that it's really hard to go into Athens and beat Georgia in Sanford Stadium. And he said, I can't call the last person that did it because they're working there right now, meaning Will Muschamp of South Carolina. Other than Will Muschamp, can you name the three other head coaches that have come into Sanford Stadium and beat a Kirby Smart-led team? And they all happened in the first season. I can name them. The guy guy Vanderbilt, uh, right? Yep. So Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. It was Butch Jones at Tennessee. See, I missed that. Yeah. Wow. 
and uh, Paul Johnson. And Paul Johnson. So now I wondered if Lane Kiffin will be calling Paul Johnson saying, how did you do it eight <laughs> years ago? And get him line up in the wishbone. That'd be great. I'd love to see that. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Here. Wing T. Paul, I mean, he got in the Hall of Fame this year. He had a tremendous career at Navy and uh, Georgia Southern and really uh, cadence he left. But, uh, you know, he had a good system, that's for sure. I like Paul Johnson. Like, Paul Johnson was just a fun, curmudgeonly. Like, he had good lines and very well respected. And that guy's a legend in Statesboro to this day. Well, I mean, they won a lot of games down there, that's for sure. All right, Coach, looking ahead to this Ole Miss game, uh, I, was, I did a radio spot with our Ole Miss publisher, uh, Neil McCready. He's a fantastic guy, number one source of news in the Ole Miss market. And he's like, well, I expect Georgia to win. And I mean, and he well, he's and he's kind of a curmudgeonly guy too. You know, he's a, a little bit of pessimistic, uh, like me. But he knows that they can win. Uh, he knows that Ole Miss plays their game right. Uh, that you know they got they have that possibility. He and I both kind of agreed that it would come down to turnovers. But uh, he's asked. We, we were talking back and forth, and every time he would mention Georgia, I would mention something about Ole Miss, and he said, "Well, what do you think Ole Miss does well?" I'd like to get an outsider's opinion. I'm like. You've got a quarterback who's dangerous. You've got one of the top running backs in the SEC, and you got one of the top wide receivers in the SEC. And it seems to me if George is trying to bracket Trey Harris, then here comes Judkins around the edge. And then if you're bracketing him, Jackson Dart takes it. How do you stop Ole Miss? Well, you got to win first and second down, so get them in the long yardage and uh, where you can really pin your ears back on Dart. When they got the threat of the RPO or the or the run, uh, quarterback run, uh, you know, they run some actual quarterback runs where they run the counter, the sweep and things like that. You got that threat plus the play action pass and the, they take an inordinate amount of deep shots down the back. You're really good at throwing the ball uh, down the boundary. So uh, you just got to pick and choose your pressures and you got to get some penetration. Uh, you know, we saw some good stops by uh, Alabama against them and, uh, you know, Auburn did a good job on them. I mean, they they didn't score points on Auburn, so but that was on the road too. So, uh, but the biggest thing for us is this: uh, they're going to have a hard time stopping us if we don't stop. I just feel like Beck really is controlling us. We got Milton rolling now, along with Edwards, uh, uh, just a lot of different receivers. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that Ole Miss presents a challenge to us, but. This definitely is not mission impossible here. I mean, this is uh, – I expect this to win. Coach, when I've seen Lane Kiffin in these games, I've seen a few of the gadgets and trick plays and just kind of emptying up the playbook there. They didn't do it as much against Alabama. It was a very uninspired second half offensively. Do you ever, as a coach, expect those things to happen in a game like this? Oh, sure. you got to look at all his history. I mean, like Saturday, he ran a hidden man play. I mean, I was about to bring that up. I was like, you, you know, they had a guy run over to the sideline like he's going out of bounds, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't go out of bounds, and uh, Texas A&M didn't recognize it. And Darkness stood up and threw it to him for a touchdown. But the overriding thing with Lane, as good a job as he's done, and, and he's been at some prominent programs: head coach of USC, head coach of Tennessee, head coach of the Oakland Raiders, Florida Atlantic. 
one and nineteen against top ten teams. He's never been. Yeah, you're breaking up, coach. He's one and nineteen. Wow. He's never beat. He's only had one win against a top twenty team uh, or top ten team. Uh, that's what I read. So, uh, as good a coach as he is, I mean, he had a hard time in the big game. So this is a big game. Oh. And Kirby's actually did the thing where he says, "Look." Fans, we need you to show up. We need you to show up, show out, be loud. Uh, and you, as you pointed out, it's a lot harder to win on the road. I think they they had the number 21st ranked offense in the nation, you know, when uh, overall. But then when they go on the road, their offense drops to about 69th or so or 67th. So right. not, not the best. And, again, it's every team's going to have that. Playing at home, you're a lot more comfortable. So I think that's uh, huge at Georgia. Right. Has this. They, the thing is about it, they run that – fast-paced, you know, fast-paced offense. And, you know, the other day we didn't get him to really jump off sides or anything much, but we did get the center to balls early and the guy wasn't looking. Yeah. They made a miraculous catch on both of them and still got the ball off. But uh, the other thing that just sticks out in my mind, 2009 is the last time we lost a night home game. I mean, Dane wasn't even there, Jim. Uh, were you in college 14 years ago, Dane? I was, yeah. That's actually when I transferred to UGA was 2009, so I just got into Athens. So no, it was your fault. You were giving them signals to the other team then, or what were you doing? <laughs> sure, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. That's amazing. Fans should not need much motivation for this. One, it's just okay. a top 10 matchup, but this is the last home game that you get until September 7th. I mean, it's yeah, almost well, a year away. The other thing which we bragged about all year is – this is something that, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you say, hey, I was I was there for the Georgia when they were on that run. You know, I, I experienced the stadium. There's nothing – can't ever take anything for granted like that. And, you know, no, last, week, last, time. last weekend my grandson, who uh, grew up a little bit around here to Oklahoma, but he, Oklahoma, he, he came to the game. He just couldn't believe it. He said it's hard to believe that experience going over there. But it's just uh, we maybe take it for granted a little bit. But uh, the thing that just uh, chaps me is the, the negativity that goes around here about all the things we don't do right. But, you know, we sure do a lot of good. Yeah. I, I think most people are thrilled to death because it's you're winning these games. You're 9-0 and and – You've won two titles. It's uh, people are hoping for another one. I think it's just that fear. You know, there's that uh, fear of when the other shoe is going to drop. I get it. Uh, I think a lot of other people do. And it's, uh, I don't know, there's negativity. It's just worry. You know, it's like uh, you're, you're looking for the, the, the weak, the weak link, you know, the, the, uh, the way in for somebody. And I, again, when I look at Ole Miss, I'm like, this is going to be a good team. And then uh, the fact that I guess that, you know, Missouri had won before they played Georgia. Now Ole Miss wins one. Tennessee's winning. Of course, they only played Connecticut. It's just uh, it seems like the schedule got a lot harder. I think anyway. if you look at it that way, though, that's just discounting how much this Georgia team this season has improved. Yeah. Because if you go back and look at some I of the, the tape from early in this season, this team wasn't what it has become now. And it could have lost a game or two along the way. It had some close calls. To get yeah. where it's gotten, to have the confidence it does, they've really come together in a way that I think is pretty special. I mean, this has the oh, makings of a, a, yeah. yeah. Like I, I just that 
win against Missouri is a very quality win. I think Missouri could potentially end up being a top 10 team by the end of this. Well, the schedule certainly in their favor. They got this at home and they got LSU. I mean, excuse me, Florida at home and then they got to play Arkansas. But, uh, you know, who was it? Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, the fear of the unknown is worse than the fear itself. I mean, the yeah. unknown is not there, man. So, hey, we'll, we'll just have to see how it rolls out. But uh, deep down, the, the thing as an old coach, it just gives me a lot of satisfaction is our kicking game because uh, we're just going to – we're going to really gonna make the force here down the stretch. We got a lot of potential on returns. We got a great kicker, great punter. Guys are just busting their butt to be on the special teams. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bowers play on his fan Saturday. But I mean, you know, it's just amazing. He might want to learn to kick because if the Texans draft him, they may need a kicker one day. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading the uh, the transcript from uh, Kirby Smart earlier today. We you, know, the, you can watch the whole video on this channel. We always put up his uh, press conference videos. And someone asked him about Marcus Rosemary Jack saying he went off about what a great leader he was. He said the same thing about a couple other guys, but he was raving about Marcus Rosemary Jack saying he says he begs to be on special teams. And I mean, I've and I'm sure coach, you know this far better than I do, but there was a, a time where not in the Kirby Smart era, but in uh, or just around the league, you know, the star players Playing on special teams was almost like a demotion to them. They're like, I don't, I don't I'm your star player. I don't play special teams. That's for somebody else. When you've got a starter, and Kirby's had this, I mean, going all the way back to Sony Michelle, his first major play was a tackle on special teams. When you got guys that want to do that, and you know, of your top 44, as you always talk about, the top 44 guys on your roster, when so many of them populate your special your special teams uh, things, that's a third of the game that your best players are out there making it. So I agree with you. And shout out to Peyton Woodring. We got to give him credit for winning yet another uh, SEC Freshman of the Year award. I mean, Freshman of the Week award. I think he's won this three or four times. He's going to have to get a bigger home. apartment for all the trophies. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Dane, let's uh, hit up a, a couple of responses real quick. I want to mention Dead Soxie because they have a uh, promotion that's going on. If you go to deadsoxie.com right now, there's a they have a sale going on where if you buy up to $100, you get 20% off. You buy $200, 30% off. $250, it's like 40% off. We cut out all that they sent us a deal before the members at ugasports.com. And this is the same deal when they did the name, the score thing where you get a straight 40% off of whatever you buy. Now, not everybody else gets to do that. So if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're buying stocks for them and you want 40% off, you got to spend, you know, 200 or 160 bucks. I think, uh, not UGA sports. If you use that promo code, UGA sports, you get 40% off. So one, one pair, two pair, 10 pair, whatever. Use promo code UGA sports and get, a great deal. It's the best deal they're going to have. We're in November now. It's November seventh. Uh, you got Thanksgiving coming up. You got Christmas after that. You got the. You got to have new socks for the playoffs for, for the championship game. Where whatever Georgia's got coming up. If you want the red and black ones, you got to get those now. Remember, go to Dead Soxy. Use promo code UGA Sports. Get forty percent off. Do it now. Don't wait. Also, uh, our friends at Your Pie. Okay, they've got a new bacon and cheddar pizza. I've not seen this. I'm gonna have to. Gonna have we to check we may have to hit this up for the watch along show and get some your. Yeah. Uh, so hey, folks. Speaking of, don't forget to tune into the watch along show this uh, 
coming Saturday with Coach Don, and you don't want to miss that. Uh, but, yeah, they've always got new stuff coming on out there. They had the Philly cheesesteak pizza. You know, they've had their peaches and prosciutto. Uh, they've had all sorts of, I don't want to call them novelty, but specialty pizzas where the stuff they create that's really good. Now they got this bacon and cheddar, and that that looks really good. So check out our friends at Europie. Yeah, you can order now. It's still Tuesday. I know it's late. You're not going to order a pizza almost 9 o'clock, but you can order tomorrow's pizza. You can order Thursdays. You can order Fridays or Saturdays. And if you order today, you get the double points. So, and the points build up very quickly on the Your Pie app, and you get free pizzas, free salads, free gelatos, free uh, breadsticks, all sorts of free stuff by using the app. So, check them out when you get a chance. Get the questions right, from ugasports.com. Bulldog Ben did ask immediately if there was an update on Brock Bowers and his chances to play. We've talked a lot about that, and we'll see what comes of Saturday. Uh, we do think he'll dress out, though. He also asked, Coach, who do you think's better, Missouri? Or Ole Miss? You, you know, I've seen uh, they're both uh, good football teams, well coached, got different uh, persona a little bit. Uh, I think Missouri's a little bit more entrenched in their defensive system. Their coach has been there. Uh, Ole Miss is starting to learn a lot more about what they can do with Golding, who came from Alabama. I would say it's pretty much a Either one of them beat, could beat the other, but uh, Missouri probably a little bit better on defense and uh, Ole Miss better on offense. Big Fatty 94 says, if Lane Kiffin has issues with the Nick Saban coach team, I don't think that he'll find fixes against a Kirby Smart coach team. What do you think will be Georgia's defensive keys to this game? Because I'm not worried about offense. I think Georgia will hang 50-plus this weekend. Well, we can certainly score on them, but we got to take care of business and execute. Top yourself too, but I think as far as our plan, we, we've got a gang tackle. We got to try to get some lost yardage plays, and we got to play the ball in the air. We're going to get a lot of deep shots on us, and uh, hopefully avoid the uh, interference pit. But uh, a gang tackle, tackle, create uh, havoc on on dart and ball. I'm going to give Gib Dogs 15, the Gibbs Dog 15, the question of the day here. Because, Roddy, sometimes they ask good enough questions. They should probably have Meyer your job. And this is one that probably should be asked of Coach Don. It says, Coach, what are your thoughts on all of the coaches going for it on fourth downs and college and pro? Lane Giffett does more than most any college coach. Would you be that aggressive or would you be more conservative? You know, I think you got to go with the flow here. You don't have as many possessions now. You got to really look at uh, going more than you used to just because of the clock and everybody around that. You saw us the other day go for it where we called a play and got them offside through it. But uh, based on me, I used to go for it a lot when they did the clock, and I guess I'd be leading the nation on going for it now. Yeah, I just because I think back to the Oregon Washington game and Dan Lanning was hyper aggressive. And based on the analytics, he was doing what he should be doing. And I think he trusted his offense as well. But there were probably a couple of possessions in that game that ended up costing them. And I know you can look back and wish you did something yeah. different, but like still, I, I, it's just fascinating to me how the sport has changed and what's more acceptable and not in going for it. Yeah, I mean, you go to that pregame meal and you talk about there's going to be two or three plays that change the game or make a difference. And if you if you could say to yourself, hey, if we uh, we got one play to win the game and we make two yards or three yards, 
and take it. So uh, you practice all that, but but make sure you use a good play. I mean, some guys roll the guy out to the left and let somebody else fall instead of your quarterback. But or you run a play like Billy Napier ran against us, which was a moment. I was about to mention that one. <laughs> Billy Napier and the Florida Gators are going south, man. They're, I mean, they're 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 in Cancun now. They're going on down to in Mexico as you can go. I know you got another question, Dane, but because Florida came up, I have to ask Coach: Do they win any of their last three games? Ooh, no. That's rough. Who they gonna no beat? Bowl game. I don't think they beat anybody. I'm thinking they're going. They're, they're not going to beat LSU. Now, so they're not going to beat Florida State. Uh, you know their defense is Jed Clampett, man. I mean, it's like when he went behind the cement pond and saw a camel, thought it was a horse. Pitiful, pitiful, pitiful looking if, horse. If that comes to pass, that's Florida and South Carolina not going to a bowl game unless you get one of those five win teams State, that gets a courtesy invite. You got Mississippi State and Ben too. I mean, you got teams in our league not in the bowl. Hmm. Can you um, imagine? Uh, Arkansas, you Florida, 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 right? I mean, I'm about to play Arkansas. Arkansas, Arkansas you know, they're they're yeah. uh, do you see Florida's schedule for next year? They open up with Miami in the pillow fight of the year, but uh, who else? <laughs> it, it's brutal. I, I'll I mean, pull it up for you. Pull, pull it up. This this is where the folks I know we're talking uh, uh, Georgia stuff and Georgia Ole Miss and we're answering questions, but I'm just saying that uh, the, the, one of their big insiders on the uh, uh, on their Florida board is like I'm done with uh, Billy Napier. And then All right, here we go. We've got Miami, Samford, UCF, Georgia, Florida State. Those are the ones that have dates. The ones that don't have dates: Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. At Mississippi State, at Tennessee, at Texas. Tough. Not as tough as us, though. We got to play at Texas, at at Alabama, and uh, Clemson. But Georgia's in a much better place to take those games on than. uh, Oh yeah, that's 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 my point. Is is, in other words, it's not like oh this will be a bad year. We can just get to next year and it all get better. I would say you're going to see some major changes in that program as far as staff. He's going to have the same situation as Drinkowitz, maybe bring in an offensive coordinator. I don't change any of it, but I mean, that's what do. But, uh, you know, Florida having the losing record that they have right now in the last is just, just unacceptable. Do you think they need to hire a new game-changing coordinator? Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> is that the problem the whole i mean they do so, need their game changed i know they had a hard time figuring out how to stop the clock to kick a field goal the other day but they figured it out and then they missed it <laughs> you're right this, this question from big old dog and it may be roddy's burner account the way this reads he says just give me a few reasons to feel good about this game my inner munson is in full-blown panic mode especially after lane kiffin's monday presser where he said how great georgia is and that they're playing with house money over there at old miss uh, he's right uh, they are playing with house money that's uh there's uh, i said the same thing about missouri I said there's no pressure on them they come in here, they're expected to lose. You know, they were, and what 
they were what fifteen and a half point uh, dogs in that game. And I never understood that spread, but like, I didn't either. Yeah. Hey, for the one who got it right, saying Georgia would not cover, uh, that pessimism paid off at least once this year. And it's not pessimism; it's just uh, you know knowing that they were a good team and thinking that uh, Vegas was off. Now, the, what spread on this one was what like three. So that's Georgia, Missouri, or Georgia, Ole Miss. Yeah, what is it? It's like nine or ten. Nine. That's it. All right, hold on. You don't trust? No, me? no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that it seems seems a bit uh, too high. Yeah, too high because it's a good team. But uh, anyway, my point is, if they win that one, they're going to wind up eleven and one because they're going to beat uh, ULM. They're going to beat uh, Mississippi State. They're not going to have to play in the SEC championship game because Alabama is probably going to win out, and then Alabama will, uh, you know, face Georgia in the SEC title game more than likely. I'm seeing it ten and a half. Ten and a half. Okay. Well, uh, the first one I saw was like was probably somebody on Twitter saying it. So anyway, uh, so he's a, he's he's supposed to lose by double digits. And he's like, look, we can go in there, play free and loose. Uh, we don't have to worry about it. So. Yeah, and he wants it. That's big. And I was speaking to Neil. Neil said this would be the biggest win of the modern Ole Miss era. You know, they had a couple wins against uh, Alabama. You know, I mean, the, going back to the Hugh Freeze wins against yeah. like that's nothing since then, really. Other, than, right. I mean, Egg Bowls are fine, but they're not this. You knock off the two-time defending champion in their own house. So of course, uh, that's he is playing with house money. No, they don't. They know they can win. And they might be a, uh, and a lot of people may, might say a lot. Some people might pick them to be an upset, but they know that there's no pressure on them. So, well, and Ole Miss is the only SEC team that Kirby Smart hasn't beaten, right? Yeah. The now they only played him once, and it was that first year. So. Yeah, his first year on the road, and that was a that, that was game a was over team. before it started. It felt yeah. like what thirty-one half, thirty-one nothing at the half. I mean, it, was, it was so. Yeah, Kirby would like to get that one back, but it's not a situation where. Uh, uh, you know, you they're they're not they're not gonna come in all clinched up and worried. They're gonna come in and play free. So, in other words, give them some positive things. Okay, well, Georgia's a ten point favorite. That's good. <laughs> Vegas expects it, but now your offense is gonna score on them, and they uh, they've had a hard time with the better teams on their schedule. They're not the same offensive team, at, you know, on the road as they are at home. So. I think that uh, if Georgia plays normally and doesn't turn the ball over, Georgia plays its game, they, they win the ball game. Um, I guess my fear, my worry is that Ole Miss is so good at getting turnovers. They're really good at it. And if you give uh, Jackson Dart and give Lane Kiffin a couple more uh, drives than what you have, now it's going to be tough. But you should score on them. And uh, maybe get if you, if you get a takeaway or two, it'll be just like the Missouri game. Get you know beat them in the turnover uh, margin, you win the game. North Buckhead, our team uh, this year. I mean, we we've only turned the ball over like eight or nine times uh, total, uh, but we haven't got many turnovers either. But uh, what was the guy's name? He asked the question about give me some reasons. To... That was big old dog. So uh, I'm going to give them to you, big old dog. Marius Mims is coming back, okay? Uh, I would think he would be able to play and give us a real spark there at right tackle. Uh, 84 in your program, number one in your heart, is playing a lot of extended plays. He's played over 40 last week. 
our entire secondary is really developed. They got a lot of depth now. We played another guy in the secondary uh, in Singletary, excuse me, in uh, Humphrey. They, Humphrey. They gave us, gave us some more help too. Uh, our defensive line pressure is starting to really accelerate. Our depth at linebacker has gotten better. Our running game, even though it didn't focus in the first half, second half looked good. Uh, Delp continues to play good. Beck didn't have his best game, but he, he's got his best game ahead of us. Uh, I would say hey, I could just keep on and on about why I feel like uh, – plus we're playing at night, we're playing at home. Uh, uh, it would be a, be a real surprise to me if we don't go out and play really well. Yeah, you can play with house money, but the house always gets its money back. So, North Buckhead Dog wants to know how these stretch of three games relate to each other coaching-wise. How does defending Missouri last week help with Ole Miss this week, if any? Same question for Tennessee. Does playing Ole Miss this week help prepare for the Vols next week? And how helpful is it to play these three teams and their styles of offense back-to-back-to-back in terms of preparation? Well, each each individual group has different styles i mean you know uh, tennessee now is more of a running spread offense um you, you saw uh Ole miss was kind of really balanced uh and last week we saw missouri's the same thing so but i think the big key is the defenses of these three teams uh we're going to see a downward t- trend here missouri was the best defense Ole miss probably one a and one b between c because tennessee is not very good against the pass. I mean, in fact, they're terrible. Uh, don't have the corners that, that Ole Miss, Missouri had. But, you know, it's, it's the thing it's going to do is help you uh, confidence-wise because you've been able to uh, work it out. But number as good as who we play against all week in practice. They're not. Very fair. Uh, let's take a break and mention our friends at My Perfect Franchise real fast. Yeah, real quick, uh, my, the folks at My per- Perfect Franchise, what they do is they help you get into franchise. They don't push one on you. They figure out what your goal is. What do you want to do? Uh, what uh, what amount of time do you have? You know, of course, you know what resources do you have? Because that that factors into it as well. And what do you want to get out of it? So they ask you a lot of questions, and then they can say, okay, out of our over three thousand different. Uh, uh, franchises. Here's what would work for you know your goals, your uh, plans, your resources, your uh, time avail- availability. You know where you want to be. And so a lot of people think, well, I have to learn an entire new uh, industry. No, you don't. It's uh, that's the whole point of uh, a franchise being a franchisee is that somebody's already come up with a great plan, you know, a great concept, and they just show you how to implement it. So reach out to my perfect franchise. It is free to do so. It doesn't cost you anything. You can call them. You can text them. You can email them. You know, you send them a fax, whatever, and they will take uh, great care of you and say, look, uh, here's what we can do for you. It doesn't cost you anything. So hit up My Perfect Franchise when you get a chance. I've been good. Wants to know, Coach, who would you like to see as the guest picker on college game day? I said Claude Felton. Yeah, Claude would be good. Uh, he wouldn't pick anybody, though. He would he play the middle road there. He's always, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think – Maybe Harmon would be great if they could get him on there. You know, just one of the open British. I think Brad Harmon would be a great pick. They picked anybody yet? Not that I've seen. Um, I think they have, but they haven't told anybody. Who is it? 
Oh, I, I don't know. I was just uh, going by. I think it was Pat McAfee was talking about he's excited about who the guest picker is. But they, they didn't. They didn't reveal it. I'd love to see Kevin Kisner out there. I mean, that man is funny. Yeah. He's a right. You know. So if you want somebody who just can, you know, crack wise with those guys to have jokes. Yeah. Pat McAfee's happy must be Charo or something. <laughs> <laughs> they had uh, Luke Bryan last year. We've seen Jeff Foxworthy recently. Jeezy did it within the last couple of years. Quavo. Hey, I, hey put David Pollock back out there. A reunion. That can't happen. He's coaching, man. The North no Coney's playing at 130. He's got a job to do. There's no way we're going to do that with David. No, I just thought it'd be a great. like, hey, welcome back. <laughs> That's a question from Billy Zane. As an offensive coach and offensive coordinator, how do you navigate between tendency breakers and playing to your strengths? Real fine line, Billy. Uh, if you don't have tendencies, you're not very good. You got to have some better and you got to have things you can call on when everybody else knows. But you, you need to maybe put some window dressing on it and use some different formations and all. But uh, self scouting is very prominent. Uh, we've got an inordinate amount of people that help us say, look, every time we're in this formation, we're heavy tendency to pass. Or every time we're into the boundary with this look, we never go to the field. It might be, but um, pretty much as a play caller, you know that because you you know what you're looking for and everything. But uh, you, you need to keep them off balance. And uh, one of the things I always try to do is maybe not so much – formationally, but down in distance, you know, like the other day when we, uh, against Kentucky, we threw that third and one or third and two past the Bowers, you know, start out the game. So do some things that change your tendency down in distance. Also field zone wise, you know, you got the backed up, you got the middle of the field, you got the low red area, the high red area. Uh, if you have a tendency to do something, then maybe break it there. But, uh, Overall, you can outcoach yourself too, you know, because you think the other team's ready for it. But uh, you got some, uh, you got a horse, you got to ride it, and then they, they got to stop it. This question from Michael Lowry on YouTube Do you think Tyke Smith's in the same position that he played against Missouri? Probably not. I think he probably played more of their run threat, and they don't have near the threat in, in the slot. That uh, even though they got good slot receivers and everything, but we—he's he, such a good run stopper. I think we're probably—we uh, got that package available, that's for sure. But I—I I would think, uh, you know, we've got the ability to go dime six defensive back, which you get use that against uh, you know long yardage passes. So I, I could see him playing more like he did earlier in the year. Another from YouTube, Dan Dickerson. Hey, Coach, we lost our commander on defense. Who was the most impactful defensive leader that you remember, the guy who really played the defense like a quarterback? Ryan Bosworth. I mean, guy phenomenal. I mean, just put the whole team on his back. He got a lot of publicity and everything, but he was good. And of course, we had great linebackers here, too. I mean, uh, Tony Gilbert, uh, Kendrell Bell, um, Will Witherspoon, Boss Bailey, I mean, all those guys, just thumpers, man. They just thump. Ron, Mexico, if there's some wet weather on Saturday, does that benefit either side? I like to play in wet weather just because the defense 
has a hard time rushing a passer and you you know where you're going and the other guy doesn't. And you get a lot of easier shotgun is really implemented to get the snap as compared to taking the ball off the center's whip. But so uh, it's a lot easier to run in uh, offense in the rain than it is defense. This question for Roddy, does Dane get a pay raise with the second degree? No, because then UGA can pay him more. He's not getting a second degree from UGA Sports. Screw that. Hmm. When is that? When are you graduating? That'll be next month. Really good. I mean, you know, since, are, you gonna, are you going to put on a cap and calorie? I could. St- I still have mine from undergrad. I might could go fish that out, but well, probably not. I I usually work the graduation, so well, I'll probably continue. Pretty impressive, though, a guy with two kids and all the stuff you're doing graduate degree and work like you have that's i'm mean, gonna give you a little love on that that's impressive i'll take all the love i can get let me see if i can find a question here and actually do my job and not talk about myself even more uh i will say georgia is two-time national champs while i've been in grad school so maybe i need to keep in grad school for our audience yeah just yeah, go, for that doc- yeah. go for that doctorate now <laughs> um that may be all the questions that we have for the night as I'm scrolling and reading. Uh, we did have Heinz Ward as guest picker was tossed into here. Someone would like to see Heinz come back. He'd be good when uh, I know uh, he loves Jordan. We'll finish with this one from Michael. This just came in. If Carson Beck keeps playing the way he has, do you think he truly has a chance to be a finalist in New York for the Heisman? You know, he you got to look at the best players on the best team. He's right up there. I, I don't know that he has the stats of maybe uh, Michael Penix or Bo Nix or some of those other guys. But, uh, you know, there's always, if he gets on a roll here, there's always that chance. And uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, I think he, he did have a good game last week, not a great game. I just think, you know, he had a little – first time he's really pressured and uh, – didn't handle the pressure quite as much on some of his of his dropbacks, but that's hard for anybody. I mean, you know, you got these big guys coming at you, but I think he'll suffer from that. And I think his ankles bother him a little bit, but uh, he, he definitely he's had a major major year. I mean, it's just incredible the kind of success rate he's had, and give him a lot of credit. I mean, uh, there was a lot of doubt, including me because you had to see him do it. But yep. uh, he's a big part of our success. I'm looking at Heisman odds right now. Michael Penix is in the lead there. Bo Nix, second best odds. The Jordan Travis, J.J. McCarthy, Carson Beck, fifth right now. I think the Jaden Daniels and LSU performance, and Jaden was great, but just LSU not being a contender late in the year, usually that hurts your chances. Yeah, I mean, the way he played the first half quarters, I mean, well, you talk about an El Foldo. They're up 28-21, and they went out for some gumbo, man. I mean, they, they were they were, they were history. Uh, I mean, Alabama. And somebody sent a memo to Tommy Rees to let Milro run some quarterback runs, which has been scaring me all year if they ever started that. He got over 150 yards rushing and 250 yards passing. I mean, this guy's a weapon now. I mean – all of a sudden, Alabama is really uh, out there. And, you know, when you look at this uh, college football playoff thing, I think look at these one-loss teams and, and see what they've done. Uh, Texas and Alabama have done a lot more than Oregon. 
Oregon, the biggest yep. win, Colorado and Utah. I mean, and I love Dan Lanning, but, uh, you know, they they got uh, – they're getting a lot of love for that close loss to uh, Washington probably. But uh, they could still have a lot to say what happens. And I don't know who's going to beat Washington now. Maybe, maybe Washington State. Who knows? But uh, it looks like Washington's going to be in the final game for the Pac-12 and um, probably play hard. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, it's wild. And I'm with you. Uh, that's I know a lot of people were, you know, angry about the playoffs being expanded. But I'm like, if you're Alabama and you're playing your best football and, and everyone keeps saying, well, you lost to Texas. You're like, what, is my season over for good? But with the expanded playoffs, they're like, yeah, well, we're in. Um, we just went out and we're in. So uh, I, I'd like well, that. Think, as much as I don't like Oklahoma State, I don't like Texas, probably close, but you talk about nine lives cat now. The other day, 27-27, K-State's K kicking the extra point. You know how this, the extra point guy looks back at the guy to see if he's ready? Well, the center snapped the ball and hits the guy in the hands when he doesn't even have his head. He's not even looking for the ball. So they don't get that extra point, which is huge. Then they go down at the end of the game to kick a, a, a field goal. And uh, before they did that, the guy catches flat pass, is running into the end zone to win the game, and the guy trips him up at the nine. And they, they say he didn't make it first down, and they go for it on third, lose two yards. The guy's got a chip shot field by the game, misses it. Then Texas can't do anything, and then Texas comes down and punts and K-State comes back and kicks a field goal in the last second, go to overtime. Texas got the ball first, kicked the field goal, and K-State, instead of kicking the field goal, went for it on fourth down on the seven-yard line and didn't win. But Texas, lucky, 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 lucky. I mean, they were lucky there. I think some funky stuff could be happening here in the final month of the season. Like, I, I'm looking at Louisville right now. One loss. If they beat Virginia this week, they clinch a spot in the ACC championship game. Schedule down the stretch. Virginia at Miami, Kentucky. All of those are winnable. And if they win those, they get Florida State for the ACC championship. Winner gets in the playoff. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Florida State's going to run the table. Uh whether they can beat Louisville will be interesting to see. But uh, this Florida State team has had some injuries and some tough – I mean, barely beat Boston College. Uh, you know, they they don't they don't have a lot of signature wins. You know, the LSU win looks good, but now LSU's got three losses. So uh, – Maybe Duke, but even then, Duke just lost to Louisville too. True, true. But uh, we'll, Duke's quarterback's been out, but – Hey, Clemson's, Clemson's lot, back. That's a win. There's a lot of – hey, Dabo got good win. Uh, how about Kirby last week on his call-in show? Uh, hope he didn't get a call from – Tyler? Tyler and Spartanburg. Tyler and Spartanburg. <laughs> good job by Kirby. Uh, hey, I just also want to give a shout-out to our soccer team. Oh, Tremendous yeah. job by, uh, by them. Beat. I watched that game Sunday and – this really gutty performance beating Arkansas and really fired up about the fact that uh, second year back year two won the championship. So Josh Brooks continues to do a great job bringing in uh, quality uh, coaches and 
feel like our men's and women's basketball team are going to be improved. We just have to see. Man, South Carolina women the other day, but I watched them against Notre Dame and that freshman from Columbia. I don't know what they had to give her, but it's <laughs> good. And, uh, but here's the final one. LSU women's basketball team been patted on the back so much they had to get MRIs, and they got beat so bad by Colorado in the opening game. It was ugly. And so this never goes – it goes to show you anybody can get beat. I mean, yep. it just happens. Uh, shout out to Coach McAlpine in year two for getting Georgia to uh, their first ever SEC East Championship and then their first overall SEC Championship. That is, that is huge. So I'm with you, Coach. I was I didn't watch it. I had the updates on my phone, and when they hit that uh, first one, I'm like, it's going to happen. But then I watched, watched the phone. Every time the phone went off, I'm like, just rooting for him. So, that was man, fun. what a what a weekend in Athens, right? The Ole Miss game, and then you've got uh, soccer postseason at home, and you got basketball here as well. Like fans need to show up for everything. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. Speaking of this weekend, uh, we're gonna wrap up here this coming Saturday on this YouTube channel or this Facebook channel. We will have the Georgia Watch Along Show with Coach Donnan and Dane. Uh, it's a, we have a great time doing it. We a lot of you I know are watching for the first time this evening. Uh, don't forget to make a little note, put it in your phone, uh, make a notification to watch the Georgia Florida game. I mean the Georgia Florida, the Georgia Ole Miss game with us. But basically, what you do is you turn on you, the YouTube on your phone, your laptop, your iPad, tablet, whatever, and then you watch the game on your television. And then we will have a camera on coach and he will be giving you commentary throughout the game. Uh, great insight and great analysis. And we can't wait to have uh, uh, that watch long show with all of you this coming Saturday uh, when they, when they kick off. So we'll see you then uh, for uh, coach Don and Dane and myself. We appreciate you guys. We went a little long today, but uh, we appreciate everybody sticking with us. We'll talk to you next week. Take care.